Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Swinging Around, the sex-positive podcast about swinging and sex. Yes, it is. We love both of those things. All the sex, all the swinging. <laughs> I'm Danny. <laughs> I'm Heidi. It felt like it feels like we've been we haven't done a swinging around in a while. Well, we only do them once a month. That's true, but and we're a little bit late. Uh, we are. Life happens. <laughs> like, yeah, life life happens. It's no big deal. You guys, we aim for every two weeks. Sometimes it's every two and a half weeks. It's true. And I know you like to give enough time for people to listen between episodes. So sometimes I'm champing at the bit to record the next episode, but it's only been like a week and a half, and you're like. We got to give it two weeks. We should wait. And then the next thing we know, another week has gone by and now we're late. You know, these things happen. I mean, it definitely, I mean. Because you like to record on the same day of the week. You like to record on a weeknight, like a Monday or Tuesday. Not always. And sometimes a Friday night hits and the mood strikes me and I'm like, let's just go fucking record. Like, That's we got true. some content. Like, we have episodes planned. We we know what we're going to talk about for the next few episodes. But That's true. So, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about. The graphic novel Lost Girls by Alan Moore, written by Alan Moore, and art is by Melinda Gebby. So what is this? So what what is this graphic novel? Oh, my God. I, it's you could read the Wikipedia version, but I like update, but I don't feel like it gives you justice to read the Wikipedia synopsis. So I, I think the best way to describe it is. Well, should we give it, a little bit of history of the. It's an erotic. Gra- let, me, let me give a brief, a brief description. This is a super erotic graphic novel um, that takes place in the nineteenth. What in nineteen thirteen? Um, but really, it's it's just tale after tale of graphic stories as told by three women who are allegories of some fairy tales. Hence, the Lost Girls reference in the title. Mm-hmm. You have Wendy from. Uh, Peter Pan. Alice from Alice in Wonderland. And Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. And so they're, imagine they were real people in, in 1913, and they're, they're adults, and they have met at this hotel, and they get to know each other, they become friends, they're all kind of like, it's a hotel, but they're living <laughs> there, basically. It's, it's different, different times. And as they get to know each other, they realize that they are all kind of sexually pent up and they start to explore each other for escape. And in doing so, they also start to reveal some secrets of their past. And all of them have had some elaborately sexual past. So the interesting thing, so um, written by Alan Moore, the same Alan Moore of Watchmen, V for Vendetta, a lot of the um, big time comics that, uh, you know, put comics back on the map in the 80s. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, from hell, he's had a lot of comic a- a- adaptations, but he's a super weird individual, and he usually distances himself from his media a- adaptations. Famously, he like doesn't let his name be put on pretty much any any uh, work that's been adapted of his work, even though because uh, it's not him. A lot of them are still good. Uh, are still pretty that good. That is great. Uh, yeah. Watchmen's good too. And though though I like I like. It's it's divided in terms of people liking it, but the uh, Watchmen movie by Zack Snyder, I'm a I'm a big fan of, huge fan actually. Me too. The Watchmen TV sh- um, series from last year just uh, won a whole slew of Emmys recently. Yep. Um, for best limited series on HBO, I believe, best score for limited series, all kinds of stuff. But so I think we need to to explain why are why is this swinging around 
and we're talking about a comic book. Well, I and think not our other podcast. Well, true, but you already explained that it, it's it's erotica. Oh my god, it's so erotica. I mean, you can't flip to a random page and not see a poon or a cock. Like I'm 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 gonna do it right now. I've got the book here. Let's see. Flipping to a random page, what do I see? Oh, there's there's some guy on guy action on this page, <laughs> and on the following page, tits and poon. So this this title has a really interesting publication history. It was first published as six chapters. This this book has um, eight page chapters. It's divided up into I don't know what is it like twenty some eight page chapters. And the first six chapters of this book were published in an anthology magazine, not even a comic book, but just an anthology magazine called Taboo in 1991. And this entire series 30 took, chapters, by the way. This entire series took over 16 years to, to complete. From um, it came out the first the first uh, bit of it came out in 1991. I and think the, I read it in four days. I'm not even <laughs> kidding. I was so enthralled with it i could not put it down and i i like felt guilty for doing that so you know 16 years to to wrap up into that few days i apologize but i i couldn't put it down (laughs) and so that was interesting to learn is first of all we read it we had always heard that this was a this was erotica uh uh, graphic novel form Mm -hmm. and Um, our local comic shop had a copy of it like in shrink wrap or whatever on a shelf forever and every time we would go in there which actually wasn't all that often it was always there and we would look at it and be like we should read that sometime and then it came on sale one day like they were doing a reprinting of it or like Mm -hmm. a a new volume and so i was like you know what we're just gonna get this I, i read the description you had talked about it and without ever having looked at the art or really looked into it just knowing that it was something to do with fairy tales and something to do with like erotica and sex i was like we're, we're just gonna buy this yeah i believe it was so you know did I, you know more about what it was than what i knew no i just knew it was erotic erotic uh and an erotic graphic novel essentially mm-hmm. and in 20 in 2018 they released a expanded version it's well it's not really expanded it has just some um extra content the gallery matter like, as you would call there's it. some well not that's what the dictionary would call it uh <laughs> <laughs> and so in 2018 they released a new version and we fl- flipping through our magazine that comes each month where we look at what comics are coming out we saw that and we're like oh we've been reading we've been we've been meaning to read it it's probably going to be very sexy i did know there was controversy behind it for its depictions of underage acts and underage sex i i didn't know how much of that was in there and oh, there's Alan, a lot. <laughs> Alan Moore is a uh, a great writer. I haven't read anything new of his in a long time. I know he's still doing some smaller works, but I haven't read anything new. But it's Alan Moore. It should be pretty highbrow. It should be pretty mm-hmm. pretty good. And so we we dove in. And before we get to it, I I, I do want to go over the publication history because I was really fascinated to find all this out that it took over 16 years to complete. As I mentioned, it started coming out in a magazine. And then um, it, it got picked up. Yeah, it's something I could have seen in like a Playboy style. Like it, it's mm-hmm. it's highbrow enough for that for sure. Like the, just the art style and the the way the the language of it. And it's what's not funny smutty. is Alan Moore and Melinda Gebby, They fell in love during this. They were just uh, they were they they just had a working relationship at the start of this. But 
working on working on lost girls and working and doing such such a sexy story when you're constantly drawing naked people having sex and then probably talking about those storylines and thinking about it i can imagine just the the fantasies that would play out so i i'm not surprised by that and the, it was it came out as i said it was coming out in um in eight page segments in eight page segments it was eventually collected into three separate volumes and then ultimately we have it was combined into one volume and we just read it as a single a single piece it it's would be a big a, book it's heavy it would be a lot different if you were following this from its inception and were interested in it and it took you the 16 years from 1991 to 2007 to finish reading to bluest finish re- balls ever like because <laughs> it's so sexy and and there are some i don't not really like cliffhangers the way some of the chapters end but but some of the chapters end in a way where you want to turn the page and, and find out what happens next and so if you have to wait months for that it would be frustrating for sure so here's a here's a quote from Moore. Certainly, it seemed to us that sex as a genre was woefully underrepresented in literature. Every other field of human experience, even rarefied ones like detective, spaceman, or cowboy, have got whole genres dedicated to them, whereas the only genre in which sex can be discussed is a disreputable, seamy, under-the-counter genre with absolutely no standards, the pornography industry, which is a kind of Bollywood for hip, sleazy ugliness. And so he then he goes out a little bit more, but that was he he wanted to just represent uh, and and bring some some class to what he thought was. Oh, I think he did it honestly. And when I I was flipping through pages, you know, in in preparation for this recording, and I'd had this thought while I was reading it. I think this book, because I mean, it's so many pages. I think it covers almost every sexual position and arrangement of people. Between like sexes and ages and like friendships versus cuckolds versus <laughs> father, daughter, mother, son, like every kind of sexual relationship, be it moral or amoral, I think is covered in this book for the most part. I mean, there's there's a lot of relationships and types of relationships and ways that sex can be had that are covered in this in this book. It's not just these three women having sex with with men. It, by any means. I mean, there's lots of lesbian mm-hmm. sex. There's there's um, bisexual sex. There's homosexual sex. There's, you know, like you've already mentioned, child sex. I mean, there's <laughs> everything. Oh, and I did try, since you were talking while you're giving the background, I tried flipping to a few more random pages. Mm-hmm. I could not find a page without someone naked on it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a very sexual book. I, w- I want to dive into... Well, we actually think about the art and everything. So I have some thoughts. I, I have lots of thoughts on that. I just want to bring up one more thing about um, what Alan Moore, he he labels this. It sort of seems tongue-in-cheek, but he labels it. Well, not it's not tongue-in-cheek, but he has he's sort of winking at the audience, but he, he, he labels this as pornography. And he says, if we'd come out and said, well, this is a work of art, they, the critics, w- would have all probably said, no, it's not. It's pornography. So because we're saying this is pornography, they're saying, no, it's not. It's art. And people don't quite realize what they've said is what what more is. I think he's on to something. I really do. Because, like I said, every page has something naked on it. So in a way, it is pornography. I, I, you know, it's Is it pornography? Is it art? Is it both? I think it's both. I think it can exist in both of those things. I don't think it has to be one or the other because it's it's drawn word. I mean, you could say that 
Playboy is art. I mean, some of those those images are very artistically done, but it is also porn. I think you can be both. Oh, I definitely think you can. But what do you think is the difference between erotica and and just straight pornography? Like, what what does something need? Is there some key ingredient that needs to elevate a work of uh, a work of um, literature uh, to being quote unquote? more highbrow erotica versus just pornography. Yeah, I mean, I think it has to do with the standards that are that are set through the medium. So I think whether it's image or video, you know, still image or video photography or, or painting, I think any of those could be art or not. But I think it has to do with the attention to detail and, and how the the images are set up and the positions of people. and Because clearly amateur porn is amateur porn and it's different in a in the production value than mm-hmm. than a vivid video, you know, a vivid movie, for example. And I think the the difference there is in the the production value. I think you could say the same for art too. I agree, and I I want to dive into this book, but I want to come back towards the end of this conversation. I think about this a little bit more because you could have I don't know if production value equals like erotica, like vivid and and the wicked pictures of in the pornography world. They can they can have high production values, but I don't know if I would elevate it to erotica. I would say those, a lot of the stuff we've seen is still, I think it has to do with how salacious it is too. Like, you know, there's cum shots in the book, but you could have a cum shot that's tastefully done where there's just like a little spurt coming out of the head or a cum shot that's ridiculously gross where it's depicting cum like just dripping and dripping down the woman's I think, face like I th- hockey style. I, like, think I think Lost Girls has both. Some of it both. has to do with the salaciousness of it too mm-hmm. and just the, the graphic nature for how it's drawn. Like this is – it's car- it's – somewhat cartoony but it's still detailed but i don't think it's it's overly detailed it's almost like the difference between high definition and 4k like i i hear personalities talk about not wanting to be seen in 4k because you can see every single pore i mean it's, it's too detailed it's interesting because you can and and i, I want to talk more about this book but, but i definitely want to return to this and have a, a discussion about maybe um erotica i think j- just in general, although we could probably branch that off into its own episode, but every within video, you could have you could have just porn that's video, and you can have porn that's trying to elevate itself and be, and it becomes sure. erotica. And like, what is that? Like, what is that piece? Like, and and what is what's the difference between just a just a, a graphic sex book that's just mm-hmm. a, um, a cartoon book that I, I hearken it to the difference the same kind of conversation people have about horror movies where you can have a highbrow horror movie or a cheap movie or, you know, and, and a lot of that's based on the level of gore and, and the way the blood is depicted and things. I think it's similar in porn or erotica versus erotica. I guess while it's we're a spectrum too. I mean, right. Like cooking, yeah. like you, you cook to someone's taste and someone might like it or not. I think it's classy or not, but we're all a little different. And I think sexual imagery is, is the same way. I think there's a few different key. I mean, I guess maybe now is the since we're talking about it is a good time to talk about it. But I think a couple of things that ha, um, that I have off the top of my head here is narrative. I think you need to have a narrative for to be erotic to be. Um, Bang bus has a narrative. Just saying. No, that that's like the <laughs> the bare minimum is. I think like if you just you know start a shot of in a of a video of somebody of a couple having sex and that's all you see and then that video ends and they're only having sex 
could is is that erotica? I guess it depends on how you film it. Like there's like a there's like a, a like a special like ingredient because at first I was like, oh, you need to have like a you need to have themes. Yeah, there's some level. You of, need to have themes and a narrative. Beauty. There's something. There's something that elevates it. Yeah. yeah, beauty. Some sort of some sort of a, a reason to be beyond just some sort of a reason to be just beyond um, the the sex. Yeah. Something By the way, I stole the I stole the idea of beauty from Psychology Today because I just did a quick search and they have an art. Psychology Today is a magazine, but they have a website too, mm-hmm. and they have an article actually titled "What Distinguishes Erotica from Porn." And that was um, one of the, the features that they're actually touching on in this article, which I'm not going to have time to read it right now. Obviously, we're recording the podcast, but I'm going to file that away for later. Yeah, I, I actually think that this is a deeper conversation. It to is, have, yeah. And I'm not because, fully prepared, but it is it is something that you have like a feel for. You know, you have you have because, a so, general sense Because of I it. do think this is, I don't think this is straight pornography. No, I, mean, I don't either. I mean, I guess you could be pornography and erotica. But there like, could be some images that might be more on the pornography scale and you know, other images that are more on the erotica scale like do you mean individual you, like panels like yeah the you actual could rate pages? you could rate individual panels no i mean way. i'm i but think as this a in, whole i think, I think this is an entire this entire work of this entire uh tome that's sitting here is pornography and erotic at the same time i agree yeah like i was flipping through and there's there's an image of a giant penis shaped like captain like dressed like captain hook chasing a woman <laughs> yeah i want to get to those because there's these splash pages throughout so why don't you give me your just general thoughts on the book I really enjoyed reading it. It's a book that I think I will probably come back to every few years and reread it because there's so much going on and there's so many little details and things to catch. Even just prior to this podcast while I was flipping through it, there were some things that I picked up on that I was like, oh, I don't know if I saw that the first time around. So I will definitely come back to it. Nothing will ever be like my first time because I didn't know what to expect. So I didn't know who the characters were. I didn't know the the allusions back to those three stories that we talked about and then you know as the stories unfold and they're telling about their past they're telling stories from those fairy tales you know stories of a of a boy like like um of, of a boy i guess a boy like man a boy peter pan peter pan yeah with the red in, in the images he's got his red hair and he's kind of a vagabond he's he's roaming free and it turns out he's a prostitute a prostitute you know like and and just I don't know I just I I liked it. Now there were some scenes, some things that happened that are stories that take place that made me uncomfortable. But I'm okay with being uncomfortable, and I still. What were those things? So, Dorothy or not Dorothy? Wendy has you know little John like her brothers, and she has some scenes where like she's playing with them and fondling her brothers, or like scenes where her brothers are having sex with Peter Pan's younger sister and she like stops to watch and those are things that i'm like i in my life i wouldn't do that there's there's a scene with um one of the characters is having sex with her father and i'm like ooh, that's again something uncomfortable because it's not within the morals of our society but it's that character's story it's that it's their story it's what they went through so to me it's those scenes were not erotic they might be for other people well I really want to break off. We're we're going to have a discussion. I want to have an erotic, um, uh, our erotica episode actually because can something be? You're saying it's not erotic, but I, I think even like even the stuff that repulses us can still be erotica 
erotic. Oh yeah, but, but I'm, I don't think I'm it's using erotic. that in the sense of it didn't turn me on. That I'm just using it in a different, if a different, in a different way. But all in all, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed reading it. There were definitely some nights where you would turn on, turn off the light to go to bed, and I would keep reading in bed, and then I would be done, and I would just be wet, and so I would <laughs> have to play with myself, and and relieve some of that that tension before I went to bed. And then I found myself like wanting to pick back and read more in the, of the book the next day. So the, we didn't uh, actually give the uh, how we actually read this. So, well, we talked about how we discovered the book, and but we read it at very different times. You read it recently, like within the last few months or three, four months, like I since read COVID. It, I read it in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, and I read it um, early-ish. Early in COVID times. I read it early-ish last year. So I have, it's been almost a year and a half since I read it. So it's, um, luckily I took a lot of notes after we were done with it. Cause I figured we would have a podcast episode about it. So why don't you finish up your general thoughts on before we start diving into some more specifics? Yeah, I think just in general, I really, I, I liked it. I liked how the story wrapped up. Um, it, it didn't leave me hanging at the end. So it felt like a complete story. I liked the chapters were bite-sized, so you could just pop in, read a few pages, pop out. It's not a book you can leave sitting on the coffee table. <laughs> I had to keep it, you know, on, in mm-hmm. in my nightstand away. And I think at one point we were traveling, and it was still in my nightstand, and we, we took it out because my parents were my parents were staying at our house, and I didn't want it to be seen mm-hmm. because there really is erotica on every page. And if someone flips to the wrong page and sees the wrong thing, because there's some imagery in there that's, like you said, it's very clearly children or whatever. Um, you just don't, if people don't know the story, they don't know the context, right? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I, Alan Moore likes to write controversial things and there were some controversial, controversial combinations of people, but it wasn't done in a way that glorifies it. It wasn't done in a way that makes it, right or wrong it was presented as a story this is what happened this was someone's truth and here it is and this is the story and you may or may not find it sexy and so I appreciated that and that's why I think I was okay with reading those some of those stories but that's a small fraction of the overall like mostly it's adults mostly it's things that were very very sexual and and I liked it I liked the art like it's a different style than I'm used to but I yeah I enjoyed Okay. Yeah, we haven't talked about this uh, pretty much at all, so it's interesting. Uh, so I'm glad that I read it, but I cannot say that I enjoyed it, and I probably won't ever read it again. Um, first, when I first started reading it, I agree with you that the bite-sized chunks are really nice. The eight-page stories, it does make it so you can sit down, read a story, and have a nice break because uh, it's it's pretty lengthy. Yeah. And so... You read it over a much longer period of time, which I guess might speak... No, I didn't. I read it... You o- didn't read it in two or three nights like I did. Well, I read it more like four or five. I think I read it in like a week, though. Oh, so I guess you did. It was pretty quick. Yeah, okay. But um, one of the first things... So I opened the book, I started reading, and I'm like, ooh, I did not think I liked this art. And that pretty much stayed true the whole way. Like, I didn't really... Like, it took some adjustment, that's for sure, because it's in, like, pastels. And... Well, it, even if it was just the pencil work, just the yeah. just the the art style itself, I'm not a big fan, and I, I'm not actually familiar with um, Melinda Gebby outside of this. This is the only thing that I know her from. I, obviously, I know Frank Miller from a lot of other things. I think some of that is because of the time period that it takes place in also. Like, I think it's supposed to be trying to depict... 
like that time and and mimic that, it could be. that period it could be i i would have to see um uh, melinda gebby's style to know like if that was a stylistic choice for this book mm-hmm. or if that's just her style so that i don't know but, but I, do. I also think for something as like graphic as this that a different art style might be too cartoony possibly or you could or i find that art style fairly cartoony though so i don't know if but either way, i just wasn't a fan of the art yeah so i'll start there the writing was interesting and as as you mentioned Alan Moore does try to push the envelope and he tries to be, he doesn't try to, I wouldn't say he tries to be controversial, but he doesn't shy away from it. Yeah. And he likes to handle some heavy themes, especially, I mean, you can read Watchmen. Um, mm-hmm. That's the easy, low, hang, low hanging fruit there. And, and that's the thing is, and I Batman, the, you know, some of his DC stuff, yeah. Batman, the killing joke, he has, there's, there's low hanging fruit where he I likes to push the boundaries. I don't think he's really tackling heavy themes in this. I think he's just saying like, Here's the stories of three women, and they've had some very storied pasts. I actually think it is pretty heavy themes, though. It's it's how do they like how are you, how do you blossom? Like what awakens you to go? I think part of the this is going from childhood to adulthood through sexuality, and yeah, exp- I agree with you. And and um, what what made these three women the women that they are? And I think. Yeah, I, I think, their experiences led I think them it's, to be. I think the it's you know, um, uh, highly erotic um, coming of age story is what these what this is for the. You could boil it down to that. I think it's it's uh, these these at the start of this book. Well, not the start of the book, but because the book's in the future. Well, it's but it's, the start of the story. Their sexual they, awakening. They're you know? they're discussing with each other, and they they're all staying at this hotel, and they sort of cross paths, and they realize that. They have a lot in common. Yeah, and, they're and, kind of kindred and spirits become, to some yeah, extent. Yeah, exactly, kindred spirits, and then they become, um, they be they all become sexual partners as well, and that's pretty hot and heavy in the present day. But the book is really, I think, um, it's focused the, on the past. The, the centerpieces are the past, and yeah. I think they're it's they're uh, strung together by the present. But the you're right, the past is the big. And focus. I think it's coming of age, like what what made what experiences in the past and in here it's sexual experiences the uh what alan moore is basically i think uh his thesis for this book is what what experiences shaped these women to be who they are and Mm -hmm. those experiences that did that were sexual yeah and it's in the vein of the story like the fairy tale to some extent like i think there's there's a little bit more freedom taken with alice than the other two but it's yeah, it still sticks within the, the storylines for the for for Dorothy and Wendy. That's kind of interesting. That is the elevator pitch for this book. Is if you were you know a couple sentences that describe the book. It's fairy tale, fairy tale um, characters all grown up, leading like, ladies, I guess, yeah. fairy, uh, describing their sexual past mm-hmm. and exploring their sexual present. Yeah, even that's probably too long for an elevator pitch. But I guess getting back to it, I'm really glad that I read it, but I just, it was too, and and we can get into this, but I think this book was sexy. Like there's definitely times where I was sexy. Like there was, you were on a business trip and I was reading uh, some of this. And so there was definitely like some masturbation sessions with it, but I, I don't, you don't feel good about, uh, and I was never really that turned on by any of the stuff with underage. And unfortunately that's a humongous section of this. But there's some that's not, and there's some where you can't, like ages weren't like you couldn't like. Um, I think the Dorothy, mm-hmm. she was the one who I think where it wasn't quite 
outlined as explicitly as others, like their ages. Like um, Wendy was definitely young, like super young. I mean, probably like 12 or, or under and her brothers were around there. And so I found the, even though they were hot, you know, what they're depicting sense, the, the, the Wendy was stories were so grotesque. They were, they were pushing the boundaries and that's interesting to see like, well, how far can we push this mm-hmm. and not, I mean, it's almost like, you know, getting, getting back to Alan Moore's quote, it's almost like, how far can I push this? And people will still call it art and not pornography. And part of that, he says, like, I call it pornography. So they'll label me as an, as an artist. If I would have labeled it as art, they'd say, no, this is smut. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is with, with the Wendy storyline, when she was with Peter, they're of approximately the same age. They're both teenagers. She might be early teen and he might be later teen, but they're both teenagers. So I didn't, I didn't have a problem with that. And I, and I found it to be like I guess maybe because I'm a female and so and the main characters are females so maybe I'm relating to it a little differently, but I thought that's like true. I thought like her relationship, well if, if it was that it was sexual relationship with Peter I found that like hot I I definitely um, enjoyed reading that aspect of it I didn't like the parts of it where she was then playing with her brothers well, but but I even... could see how like a woman who has brothers may have had thoughts like that and knows that it's wrong and would never act on them, but then being able to read it, it's just like people might have thoughts that they never act on, mm-hmm. but that's why it's a fantasy, right? And that's this is a fantasy book, so it might be a way for people to read things that they would never act upon, but see them depicted in 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 erotica. That's a great and, point. And take... You know, take that to be able to, to masturbate or get pleasure oh, out of yeah, it. Oh, yeah, certainly. And, and see it in a way that they would never act on, but it's still, like, maybe attractive to them. Certainly. So, I guess that's a good... Or, like, put them... <clears throat> like, like project themselves to an earlier date and time. Like, I projected myself back into my teen years, and I was thinking, mm-hmm. like, how hot would that have been when I was a teenager to, like, stumble across this this boy in the woods and fuck him against a tree? Like, that would have been hot, you know? like that, That's true. I would I... do it now as my... 30 something self but my 16 year old self yeah <laughs> i guess part of it is the um the ages in this where wendy is probably like 12 as, as i said dorothy's story she's probably like 17 i well dorothy starts off when she's 15 she actually says her age because that's when oh, she okay. like masturbates during a tornado and has her first orgasm first orgasm okay and so then it, it, it ensues for the years following so she's between 15 17 yeah wendy it doesn't actually give her age but i I always thought Wendy was closer to like 14, but, but even that, but she's the way still it was drawn, teens. it seemed really young. And there was just scenes where, um, you and know, Peter Wendy's Pan was like 16, where Wendy's getting gang banged by the lost boys. And those boys could be like seven or eight. Um, yeah, some of those scenes. So I guess I, I, and that might just I, be the art, not, not being great because in my head, they weren't quite that young. They were young. But I was like, they're all young, and so there were no adults in those. So I was like, I'm okay with it. Like, and you'll kids have, will be kids, right? Like, I mean, I guess I I want to couch everything I'm saying in, in that I don't have a problem with this existing. I definitely think it should exist. I don't have a. I don't think it's um, obscene to the where I don't think I'm like get this out of the stores. I because I, it's you're that's, not coming with your pitchfork and your no. Torch? That's of course. I mean, it's a it's it's about taste, and for me, it just didn't. It's not something I would revisit. It was, it's something that it's, it's when I, when I wrote my notes here, this line I wrote, when reading erotica, you'd like to feel okay getting turned on, but this book doesn't do that. I don't think this book. For this, you. It did for, for me. For me, I for, was like. For probably 80, 85% of it. This book for probably like 
flipped that probably like 15 percent. it was like okay this is yeah. okay to be getting turned well, on to there was, and the rest of it is there was like, also male on male like there's there's a whole scene where like one of the one of the men staying at the hotel and and what is it wendy's husband mm-hmm. they end up having a sexual relationship and that's and and they're they're above and that age. turns me on too well, yeah they're true. men they're, they're like, grown men like but. that isn't like that's no big deal but I so think that's not going but that's not going to turn you on either this book is just so focused on but what about all the lesbian sex that doesn't turn you on either well, it does, but the underage just was really bothersome to me. And I get it. Like, the the thing is, is, like, under... So that would be, like, all of the Wendy story, parts of Alice, and parts of... Maybe not maybe not the Dorothy story. I think the so... sexiest was the Dorothy. And the Dorothy was cool because I'm probably most familiar with the Wizard of Oz story, but she mm-hmm. would... And so um, she would have she would, she would would have these fuck sessions with, um, like... Farmhands. Um... um analogous to uh individuals to the the lion the tin man and the scarecrow yeah but then later in the book she goes on this long trip with her father and she has and she gets involved with her father and i'm like ugh. and then um well he he discovers that she's banged all of like the farm hands and then he wants he calls her a slot and then he you know he tells her that she can't do that and so then he fucks her and there's this other character in the hotel i believe he's the owner of the hotel yeah. yep and he tells a really gross story about um i i can't remember all the details because i didn't write it in my notes and it's been a while but where it's be, like where he's okay like the story is like uh there are a lot of a lot of like um sex with like you super young boys and anal sex with super young boys and and uh and these in here, it's it's a, it's sort of you have layers and upon layers because we're to, I we're to believe that what Wendy well and, and, Alice, and that's the thing is hold, he's hold on, he's on not giving ages so you're super young is dependent on the the way it's depicted in the art well, if I remember that right, could so. be but the the stuff that I think happens to um, that we're showing in flashbacks for um, the the the, the sexual things that went out what occurred with. Alice and Wendy and Dorothy. I think we were to to believe those things actually happened. But these, this is like a story where this this um, hotel, um, the hotel manager, the proprietor, yeah, the proprietor. I couldn't think of that word. He is writing basically erotica within here. I don't think we're to assume that that is true, but it's just like what turns him on. But we're we're still reading it as the readers. Yeah, it's a book within a book, essentially. And that you can tell the difference of because it's all in black and white versus the rest of the book is in color. And there's actually some interesting scenes where there are characters in the story reading that book and they do like a close-up of of the book so you can see it. I actually don't remember that aspect of it. It didn't stand out to me, so maybe it just wasn't as, as, um, I don't know, maybe it just didn't offend me or whatever it was but i do remember that a lot of them were like dressed as gesture gestures like court gestures which i thought was amusing but not sexy in any way so yeah so i flipped to some of the pages was uh, so that you can look at uh remind yourself what i'm talking about yep, but that's what there's, I remember. there's just some some things that just weren't it just wasn't for me in terms of the sexuality like i just i guess i just don't just don't see myself returning to this like I'm not condemning the book. It just, the sexuality in there wasn't for me. It was too grody, you know, for lack of a better word. Like it was. Grody. Ooh, here's an orgy scene. No underage people in this orgy scene, by the way. And so 
let me ask you, what do you think about um, adults, us, anybody reading this, who, who, like, is there anything wrong with getting turned on from watch, from, like, read it, like, this underage, the underage that's in here? Different strokes for different folks. No, I don't think there is, because they're not acting upon it, right? I mean, you're, you're reading something, and, and I don't know what's going on in someone's head at the time that they're reading it. They might be thinking back to a time when they were younger. They might be projecting themselves to that age group and not thinking of themselves as an adult doing it, but as a child or... So do you, you think know, it's, do you like, think this could be found and do you think this could be labeled as does does child pornography have to be or does um does it have to be actual photos or if you found something like this in somebody's home which I mean it's right it's in our house right now you are flipping through it but I mean could somebody make an argument that there is that this is that there's child pornography in this book well no children are actually being exploited in this right that's it's, true and that's that's a difference is it's it's drawn art so well that's true yes I guess is, like if it's depicting is the idea a child I suppose I you know I guess and it's, and, I, and I forget who wrote it could you look this up for but a second, I have yet to actually flip to a page that depicts this other than what's happening in the Dorothy scene depicts where what? she's young too. Ad, like um, adults with children. Oh, right. What you were looking at. So keep talking for a minute, and I will. The the black and white story. The, the page that I handed you. The there was a brother and a sister, both underage, having sex with their mom. Oh yeah, I do remember that scene. That was like one one or two pages out of a three hundred page book, though. That wasn't like a major storyline in it. But to your point, yeah that that scene grossed me out. I was like, ooh, I wouldn't want to. Like it didn't turn me on, but. It might be a fantasy for someone, but they would never act on it because they, but, but the thought, like people can have fantasies that they don't act on. And I think that's okay. That's true. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess I, I, I want to keep reiterating and it's not for me. Like I'm not going to condemn. And in this picture, by the way, the way it's drawn, um, it, it is a mother with her, her two children, a, a daughter and a son. They're probably 15. Like if he's getting, or maybe fourteen, but they're they're not, they're not of age. They're still young. They're still children. I don't I don't want to sound like I'm trying to like make that out to be okay, but they're not like seven or eight either. Like it it appears as though they were acting as if they wanted to. That being said, no that that particular scene I remember reading it and I was not comfortable about it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't enough to disqualify me from from enjoying the book as a whole. And again, it was, it's put forth in a way of like, this is someone's story that they're telling. Like it wasn't put forth in a way that was like trying to be explicit or trying to jam it down your throat or anything like that. Like it was presented of like, you're reading a book and this is the pages in the book. This is, this is what someone's reading about. And in, it, it could have been completely, well, this whole thing is fictitious, but in this world, that story could have been fictitious too. It reminds me of um, the book Perv that I read, uh, mm-hmm. Perv, The Sexual Deviant in All of Us uh, by Jesse Baring. And the unfortunate thing, and I, the unfortunate thing about that book, well, it's a book that sort of just, it, it's, it's a great book in the sense that like it tries to normalize um, things that seem abnormal um, in sexuality and we all we all are perverts in our own way and so to your point that this doesn't depict any actual um, like no child was harmed in this in in right. this and and to me it's a work of fiction and a work of fantasy so if if that particular fantasy if somebody could finds that pleasurable to to think about in their head but they're not acting upon it I'm okay with it. It doesn't work for me. But, yeah, I'm okay with it. 
And one of the things that that book Perv did, which it, it sort of makes me think about in relation to this book, is it has an entire um, long chapter about sex with children and um, is it actually wrong? Having a from an academic standpoint, just is it wrong? Are there some kids who aren't ready? Are mm-hmm. there some kids who could be ready? Sex with and sex and there's sex with adults and sex with kids. Like, are there kids that are ready and can handle it? Are there other kids that aren't? Mm-hmm. And we're always, and we're taught through the media that any sexual activity, like there's like a magic oh, switch. There's, a, there's, there's a like magic a magic switch, switch from, from child to adult. From yeah. 17, 17 and 364 days. And then you hit the very next day and, and there's a magic switch yeah. and you're fine. We all know that that's not true. But that book Perv, it sort of um, did something that like I struggle with in the sense that it, it changed me in my thinking because it definitely made me more um, sympathetic to anybody with um, with uh, sexual deviancy in terms of mm-hmm. being sexually attracted to kids. And it, I recognize that like it's an act having read that and giving it thought. It's like, yeah, it's you can't a lot of times you can't help what you're t- yeah. turned on by. And it's very easy for society to make people who are. Um, have sex with minors to be monsters. Right. But maybe they're not. And that actually made me a little bit uncomfortable. Or I, w- I wasn't a big fan of that, even though on one hand it's positive because it's like you become a little bit more open and understanding. But you're open-minded to something that you're more well, not, that and, you disagree with. And I, so and I guess not even open-minded. It's... Um, you develop a little bit more of an understanding and mm-hmm. a, and a empathy. It's like people who are sympathetic to the murder to murderers and and other people who commit crimes, whether it's sexual or otherwise. Like they're they're people too. And that's yeah. And so it it raises interesting questions. Like are there you know is there morality? Mm-hmm. Um, like is wrong? Like even like is there an exception where you have a, a we'll take um, Alice or Wendy, a 14 year old. Like, is there a scenario where a 14 year old can't handle it? And a scenario where a 14 year old can. And like, I think it's, it's a, I think it's a very, very gray area. I think and it's it, there good. isn't a magic number. Like you said. Well, and I think that it's great that there is works like this. Like, I actually think it's good that this exists because it challenges people and makes you think about these things. Like, well, how do I feel? Like, how do I feel about child pornography? Right. Like you ask anybody, how do you feel about child pornography? It's wrong. And it's gonna raise, you know, very. But then it's well, what do you? Is there a difference between an actual picture of, um, of a child uh, of a child a drawing? Yeah. And it's, is there versus yeah versus an, an adult drawing this that a child that was never yeah. And then you give this to somebody, and then they pleasure themselves to it. Like, is there actually anything morally wrong there? Well, I have to like remind myself too. This was taking place in 1913. Things were different then. Ages, everything was different then. The way way people and children were different. The the ages of people when they became mother of women when they first became mothers were different. The rules of society were very different then than they are now. And so we're also projecting some of our rules onto that society time frame. Also within the context of this book. So I guess with all that, I kind of gave it a pass. Um, because I... The adult with children portions of this book were pretty minimal. The children with other movies, when, when I say children, I say like teenager with other teenager aspects. Yeah, there was all kinds of that. But that's because these are grown women telling about their coming of age. They're going to be teenagers. That's that's just when things, things happened. So like I didn't see this as a bunch of adults with kids. I saw that as there was a couple of scenes that that happened, but mostly it was teenagers 
being teenagers and, and then how that shaped them into adulthood. So, and then also with me being female, like maybe I just projected or like was able to relate better with, with the three female characters than you did. Um, I'm not really into, um, like girl on girl, like, you know, female lesbian porn. There's lots of that in this. Mm -hmm. I would say more of that than anything. And until, but I didn't mind looking at the pictures of it. Like it it didn't turn me off. It just didn't turn me on. And until the last quarter of the book, I really actually was finding, I did find the, the, the Dorothy stories pretty damn hot. Like those were the sexiest, I think. Yeah, that was the one. I enjoyed the Dorothy stories too. There were aspects of the the Wendy stories that I enjoyed, but it was um, a dichotomy because there were aspects of it that I was like, I do not like that. And and that was like her or their brothers. And you, there was a lot of didn't. there was actually a lot of that. We've talked a lot about um, age and underage sex and depictions here, but there's also a lot of incestuous activity and sex with, uh, amongst family members and. Well, and how, that's the thing. And those, how we feel about that. Those things are taboo. How do you so, feel about it? Of course, it? Alan Moore is going to write about it. How do I feel about it? I, I don't um, I don't think sex with family members is, is Do you think exciting. it's right or wrong? No, I, I, I disagree with it. And like, the interesting thing is when you... And, and I agree with you because it, it sort of like brings up a disgust um, in, like feeling. But I also recognize like in this story, it was a, a girl who's... Of a curious age and well, boys the, who are of curious ages and they all have different parts and so their 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 curiosity is leading them to try mm-hmm. out those parts. I could see that being a realistic depiction. I oh, could see that happening. Totally. That's what I was going to bring up. Like, like I, I could totally see that like, happening. I don't know where the, that thought gets ingrained in us. I mean, is it something about humanity? Well, because there's a there's a there's a really popular um, social psychologist right now um, who I've heard quite a bit on various podcasts named Jonathan Haidt. And he talks, and he has he's he guests on a lot of podcasts. He does, um, he has he's super intellectual, and he's he's actually uh, pretty well known on the circuits for talking about um, talking about what's going on on, on and uh, social activity mm-hmm. on uh, college campuses mm-hmm. and how and the whole the safe spaces and those types types of arguments. But yeah. that's where he's really like made his name known but he he's a social psychologist and in his classrooms he's he talks about how he he poses the question to his classes is there anything wrong with a brother and sister having sex and everybody says yes and then he's like is it wrong if a brother and sister who are adults go on vacation together and they use protection and they don't get nobody gets pregnant is there still something wrong with that wrong Mm -hmm. and almost all of the class will say yes and it's like well what is wrong like if you don't have if you don't produce children and i can't answer either and and he sort of says well it comes down to just the undefinable disgust like something that just yeah it's it's, it's like your human nature like your human instinct just tells you you shouldn't do it but i don't know why that is i don't either and it's you know it's sort of that a base thing yeah. that some people don't have. Well, like, <laughs> but you know, the smell of feces will repulse us. Yeah, and things like that. It's like 
Yeah, like a brother and sister adult. So we're not even talking underage, but yeah. like a, a brother and sister. But you also sister. definitely hear those horror stories where people like grew up separated, but they didn't they didn't know they were biologically brother and sister, and then they end up together like in crazy. But are they horror stories, or are they horror stories because the media makes them out to be horror? Because stories? the media makes them. I out guess to that's be. what I'm saying. Genetically, like, it's a horror story, I, mean, I suppose. But I I'm not any different. I get yeah. repulsed by that, but it's like, well, why do I? And so yeah, this I, is it's the same like reason why you don't like to think about your parents fucking. Like there's just something inherently gross about it. I guess. But like I also kind of relate it to like well, when when you're sexually curious and your curiosity is there and they don't have pornography, they don't have the internet, like you you're sexually curious, you're going to be curious with other people or you like you need some some venue or some channel to channel that curiosity through. It's not uncommon to hear of like high school girls exploring with each other because they're curious or like learning to kiss with another girl, like a, a girl kissing another girl because they want to try to experiment in, in, in curiosity. I'm sure hell we were just watching Californication and they were joking about every, every man having had one homosexual experience with another man or boy when they were younger. <laughs> yeah, sure. As, we've been doing a rewatch. We haven't watched that show in a while. It, it wrapped up a while ago. It and did, so, yeah. Um, we're doing a rewatch, and it's that show is that show is uh, really good and really sexy. It has a lot of sex, yeah, a lot, it of, is. A lot of sex scenes in there. But so I guess getting getting back to my point though, and I took this as these are you know Wendy is suddenly reaching a point where she wants to explore with Peter. But her brothers, like, they, they all sleep in the same damn bedroom. And so, like, she's exploring. And so then they're, they're also exploring. And that has just led them to naturally explore with each other because they're opposite sex. Like, what is the, like, you have a curious female and a curious male. They just happen to be brother and sister. Things, ha- shit happened, I guess, is what I see in, in, in the book. Yeah, I think this book is sort of an exercise when reading it for anybody who reads it. Yeah. If you actually like think about it. Exercise for, in open-mindedness. Well, that's exercise for, sure. for open-mindedness, but exercises in trying to delve into my, like delve into yourself in terms of like, does this turn you on? Does it make you feel wrong that it turns you on? Mm-hmm. Does it not turn you on? And why is that? Are you not turned on because you have these societal, um, yeah. these societal norms well, and the thing ingrained is, in you? For some of this, you could look at the pictures and if you weren't reading the text, it's just people having sex. But, the text is what tells you is, what the relationships are supposed to but be. But that's the but that's the thing is this is it's a graphic novel novel you know it's pictures and words together. Right. I I agree with you. If you were to write this as a prose book, how would it work? Oh, I, I versus, don't think it would. Versus if you were were to write it as strictly a um, graphic, take strip out every uh, word balloon and text in this, how would that work? It would be confusing. <laughs> But it, it would be different. Because, I mean, you could write this as a prose novel. Yeah. And it, and, and you just, like, immediately said, like, that wouldn't work. I don't think it would work. No. I Because just, just, like, having to put into words the scenes that you're describing, I think, would go from it being erotica to it feeling salacious, I think. Why is that? So why – how does the art add to – how – actually, that's – I'm actually really interested because at first I was like, yeah, I see it because you – how does the depiction of the There's something that happens in the in the translation from picture to you you can say a lot more and be more subtle I think in a picture than you can with words sometimes. I I and, I mean, and you vice can be versa more graphic. It, dep- it, it depends on the story really. I mean you can see you can see Wendy getting bukkake in this like visually in here versus uh, reading it mm-hmm. and uh, by the lost boys and like how 
how you know or it's it's interesting so like i just flipped to a page and it's it's wendy and peter actually having sex and so i'm, I'm thinking about this there's there's three main pan- panels here one is like wendy's on the bed and peter peter pan is approaching her he's naked and he's he's fully erect then in the next scene they're just laying both naked um playing with each other so presumably i'm not reading the text but presumably they've already fucked and then there's another scene where he's kind of like sitting up in the bed and he's just playing with her pubes he's playing he's playing with her and it 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 could almost be construed as like lovingly but if you were to turn this into words and say like he approached her with his throbbing cock and he, like it, it all depends on how you put it mm-hmm. like like how graphic well, do you make true, the words because it's also you're able so i guess maybe part of the difference is is that here i'm interpreting so the these picture. panels exactly you're interpreting the pictures but in prose you'd have to do they have to sort of spell it out for you yeah they they have to choose like how graphic they want it to be or how not because in prose they could be very there could be very little detail here and just say that peter came to her in the middle of the night and they enjoyed one another and maybe this would you know getting to a little scott mcleod talk uh you know understanding comics maybe this is like book is a really good example of like the power of sequential storytelling where art and words are combined to do something that is unique to that medium mm-hmm. because if you well this is sex as a medium that was exactly what what alan moore was seeking to do right to create well, a but even of then, comic but 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 even then yes exactly but what i'm saying is like from what you're describing i think i agree i i agree with you that this works best in the format that it's in if it was a prose yeah. novel that told this narrative exactly how it is because you could do that you could have this and it it, takes away the interpretation but it it wouldn't work as well and i don't think it would be it it would either i think it would be hard to be erotic for anyone because i can look at the pages and interpret it and make it make it what's erotic to me i would have to i disagree only in the sense that i assume like there's lots of like um, like uh, novels out there i guess it would be hard to be erotic to the masses because you're only writing it from one perspective well, in, you can, in like one way versus the image can be interpreted lots of ways. I mean, the words can be interpreted lots of ways too, but it's, it, I think it'd be a lot tougher to figure out how you wanted to put it into prose. And I wonder if it's the prose, it's the narrative, it's the interpretation that the characters and, and of the scenario that the characters are giving us going back to early into the episode. Mm-hmm. Is that what elevates it to erotica? Would it, would it be, would it veer into the realm of being almost strictly pornography without the erotica piece if it was just the art but not the word so like probably the because there's a story that goes with it if it images versus stories with images with a story yeah I, I think it probably would be more on the pornography side so I, it seems like so i agree with you that i think this format works best and it's interesting i hadn't really thought about that until this discussion but this is a prime example because you always hear i've always heard um specifically with watchmen another alan moore work that it's like Alan Moore doesn't like adaptations. Like he wrote it as a comic book. He doesn't believe it should have been adapted to anything, mm-hmm. any other medium, uh, be it movies, TV, uh, novels, anything else. Like it was written as a comic because the comics, comic, a comic was the best way to tell that story. And I've tried to think about, I've tried to th- think about that, but not, not super deep. But I have had thoughts. I'm like, is that true? Is that really the best way that this could be translated? Is is through the comic medium? But with this, we just talked it through. And I think with Lost Girls, it sort of is a great example. Other things, I mean, is sometimes it's, is Alan Moore gets pretentious thrown on him all the time. Like is, is, 
you know, saying that this can only be a comic book or, and, and my way is, is the best. And, and is, is Alan Moore pretty pretentious? I think he is. I've read interviews. I think Alan Moore is super pretentious, but he often has the, uh, the work to back it up. Um, yeah, and, absolutely. And, but that was, so you won't read it again. I probably will give it a go, but in a few years, and then we'll see if I have the same impressions in a few years as I did this time. Maybe I won't like it as much. Maybe I'll like it as much. I, I don't know. Yeah, I but guess I, if- I did find I found enough in it for me that I thought was was sexy. And because I didn't see a lot of the like, I didn't know what to expect with the storylines mm-hmm. of the three characters. I enjoyed it. The second time around, it might have less charm for me. See, I actually could feel. Well, I I, I don't know. I think. I, I don't have any intentions of reading it again, but were I, I think it actually would go the opposite way. Sure. Where, well, I don't know if well, I'd like if it. If I read it again, that might encourage you. Like you might, uh, well, you might see me reading it and then be like I don't motivated know. to. I don't know, but I could see it being the flip side where knowing where it's going, because you're right, I didn't know where the story was going to go either and what was going to mm-hmm. be depicted. And so I didn't have my guard up for things that maybe you might want to get your guard up or mm-hmm. um, em- em- emotionally or like just sure. psychologically in terms of like what you're not expecting. Like you don't, eh, you, you don't encounter this type of material all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of time, I mean, to be honest, people who encounter this material are often the FBI is looking for them. <laughs> um, you know, depictions of like, I mean, there's, there's very little out there that is legal and not a problem uh, depicting and discussing child sexuality in this manner i mean i say it sort of as a joke but sort of realistic like i'm actually surprised that this is able to be sold in stores or that we've seen it at our comic shop i disagree with you i feel like you're making a bigger deal out of it honestly like other than the one scene with it's literally a page of well i guess it's two panels of a mother and her daughter and son otherwise it's it's same age children i guess maybe i don't have a problem with Mm -hmm. with teenagers having sex and that being depicted in a, in a way that adults can read but teenagers are having sex all the time 15 oh, year olds are having but sex I guess with the, other 15 the way year olds that I, 14 year olds are having the, sex and this is telling that story like that's true that's true i guess i'm not arguing with you all i'm saying is i can't even think of one other piece of literature i've ever seen in my entire life that's even approached this that wasn't like actually i've never even uh encountered child porn um in general but i don't like there's I've never I mean, encountered how many, how I've many, never like, encountered something like this. Teenage um coming of age movies have you seen though? Like never, whether they're coming of age from the difference from something scary like the depiction, it or stand by me versus the having depiction, sex, but it's I think the distinction and you're right, there's tons of those and there's implied like characters like teenagers will go off and but it's it would be like I mean, it, the, getting back to why a comic is the best for this, because it's not real. You're not even mm-hmm. using real actors or anything for this. But it'd be like, the equivalent is like Vivid making a cartoon of this. I mean, I guess like a cartoon would be a good example. Like, could you see this being translated into as a, I mean, a real life's out, obviously, because you can't use underage kids. And I don't think adults would have the impact no, of this as. I don't think so. If you did like, you know, over 18 actors depicting young, young, I, I don't think that would work. But like, would this work as a cartoon? No, I don't think so. Because why again, it's because it's the same thing. Why it wouldn't work as a as a as a um, the same reason it wouldn't work as a novel. I don't want the like. I want to fill in any gaps that are happening in my head. I don't want to watch the children having okay, sex. So that's also I know that they are having sex. I don't want to watch them having we sex, do but I know here, that though. they are. But 
Ah, very interesting. Very, you're really watching them. You're very seeing, interesting. You're seeing a scene play. Uh, yeah, a, you see a snapshot. You see a snapshot, but you're not, you're not seeing the actual movements. You're not seeing the humping. You're not see, you know, like you're seeing again Scott McCloud. Like you're filling in the blanks. Like you'll see, you'll see penis actually in vagina in here, um, but. You so know, you know it's you, happening. You see that sequential art, and then you might see a penis in a vagina, and then the next panel is coming on the tits, and like you, your brain has to fill in that time right, there. Right. And that's that's another thing that's specific to the comics and the sequential art medium. And this is actually a, a great podcast for just uh, you know comics, comics as art and comics as. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that's why it wouldn't work as a cartoon because I think by filling in the blanks in between, it it takes away from the art and it turns it too much on the pornography side. But having guess, having the like having having the like space in between where you have to fill in the, your own details in your mm-hmm. head, um, I think allows it to stay in the erotica format because it's fantasy. It stays as fantasy. Once it once it crosses from being a fantasy in your head into a reality on the page, whether it's written or or cartoon then it stops being fantasy and it starts to be potentially gross for people i, well, I think there's a line from that that it crosses i agree reality with, that, i agree with you in theory but where i think that breaks down a little bit is in here there's definitely it isn't characters are doing things off screen like it's there's definitely like on-screen sex that's happening right but there's off-screen things too true it's, and it's still only moments if it takes 10 minutes to have sex you see the beginning a picture of the middle and a picture of the end you don't see anything in between True, and I guess what you don't I, hear the grunting, you don't smell the smells, you don't see the sweat. And I guess know. all I was saying is that this is sort of a a unique piece of uh, yeah. art that I've ever experienced. Like, sure, like I don't think there's anything like this that you could just that is legal that I'm aware of. Yeah. Are you aware I, of anything like this? No, but I haven't sought it out either. So there, there I, could be, but I haven't looked into I, it. I agree, and I, I guess that's part of what I was saying. And and it sort of boils down to. I'm fine it exists. It sort of brings up, like, there's definitely interesting philosophical discussions to be had uh, from this, like, what's right and wrong. Like, can anything that somebody takes pen to paper to, or, like, you know, like a drawing to, is there anything that somebody could draw that is just too obscene? And the answer is probably no. It's just art. It's just, you can put pen to paper and draw, and, 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 and I mean, maybe there's kids who shouldn't see it, but there's, I, I almost feel like there's nothing you could put pen to paper to that just shouldn't. We've seen plenty of stuff at the Dairy Show. When that we, just when shouldn't exist. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything that just shouldn't exist. Um, I, I think part of what helps this to, to work for me is the fact that it's told as someone's memory of the past, too. So they're they're reflecting this as a story that they're telling to somebody else. Like, hey, this is what happened to me. So they're they're also looking at it as a memory and not as like a I'm a that child at that time's narrative as it's happening to them and getting their thoughts at the time. You're getting mm-hmm. their thoughts as reflection. And I think that that helps at least me as a reader like come to terms with it a little differently. I think if it were happening in real time and you're getting the thoughts of the child in the moment and not their memories as an adult, it would be very di- I think it would be very different and probably even harder for me to stomach. Interesting. Yeah, I it didn't work for me on that level or it, I didn't t- it, it could have been in the present day or not. And I feel mm-hmm. and it, it didn't affect how I felt about it, yeah. that it was memories, but that's, and well, because that's, like I said, it's just somebody telling their truth mm-hmm. as opposed to like, you're that you're watching the child maybe make some poor decisions and you want them to make a different decision and you're reading it as they go. And you're like, man, stop doing that. But like when it's, when they're that person's an adult and you see they've mm-hmm. already made it through the other side, it's a little different. I mm-hmm. think 
Okay. And it sort of boils down to just all the categories that you go on. You know, you go to you porn or wherever you go to yeah. to watch some porn. You might watch and granny porn, but that doesn't mean you're a, fucking grannies. And there's a ton of categories there. And yeah, exactly. Like this just didn't do it for me. Stepbrother is a big one. I don't watch it personally, but man, there's a lot of stepbrother porn. Yeah, I or like stepsister, yeah. stepbrother, stepsister porn. Like you're you're fucking one or the other. You know, I mean, and <laughs> technically that's not related. It's a step, but clearly there's some kind of um, people find that hot, like. Because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a no-no, but not quite so much as, as a, a biological brother. Yeah, and I think sister. that's another thing we haven't talked about. We've talked about it a little bit, but not a ton, is that is just finding something hot because it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And because it's a safe place to explore things that are... Yeah, that's why I that keep saying this book is a inc- fantasy. That There's, are incredibly taboo. It's a safe way for people to explore lots of different things and how they feel about it. Yeah, I would say almost everything. Like they're, like they're I said that in the beginning. There's I think not, it's everything. There's like, not much... It doesn't touch race at all. Ra- race is not here. It doesn't touch race. But outside of that... True. And like, and like uh, you know... Um, uh, bathroom and bathroom thing like you know, yeah pee, it doesn't touch bathrooms it doesn't do yeah. any of that stuff either right. but but I, it, it touches like every kind of other combination of humans like familiar relationships and and sex like between friends between males between females but it, yeah but it pushes the boundaries for uh, sure for sure and it's you and i incredibly sex positive people can mm-hmm. have a disagreement about this but imagine getting it in the hands of like other people you could see where this book, why i hid the book you could yeah see, no but just in general like where this book could be you know if the right people in congress were like you know if this oh, was yeah. on their radar it's like banned book and like all of this even in the in the back it like or maybe it was in the back or an article i was reading but somewhere that i i recall reading that they were surprised that it didn't get more backlash than it that than it did mm-hmm. and obviously it has this um for for mature readers on the for for adults only mm-hmm um, but I think about anime, and like if you look at anime, how much anime is drawn where the girl has these giant tits and and her face looks like she's teenage, but it's it's anime, so it's okay. I mean, there's tons of anime out there that's, that's like that. And it's, I, it's, I, I guess anime that's is very 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 sexualized I, like that. I and almost they can't, all look like teen girls. I pretty much cannot speak to that because I'm so. I'm geeky in so many ways, but anime is not one of those ways. Like well, I, I, I can tell you all, like the, there's lots and lots of anime where the the girls look way young. But one last thing. So on the back here, yeah, it says this is erotic fiction at its finest, drawing on the rich heritage of erotica. Lost Girls is the rediscovery of the power of aesthetic writing and the art of the sublime union that only the medium of comics can achieve. We just talked about that. Yeah. Exquisite. I don't even understand half of what that said. Even that 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 like. Well, I mean, I guess I understand it, but that that is like even a highbrow description. Exquisite, thoughtful, and human. Lost Girls is a work of breathtaking scope that challenges the very notion of art fettered by convention. Well, that yeah. sums up our entire conversation it does. here. It sure does. Yeah. That, that was a a good uh, synopsis there. So I so I would, any final thoughts? No, I don't think so. I've yeah, covered I don't, it all. I don't think I have anything either. So you want? I'm spent. You want to say where people can find us and write in and <laughs> and all of that? Yes, please write in your thoughts. Please put give us some comments and some feedback on or a rating on iTunes, on Apple iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us with uh, other people finding us too. The the more ratings we get, the higher we show up on the lists and searches, so other people can listen to us too. Anyway, we are swinging around at gmail.com no g at the end of swinging 
And follow us on Twitter at Swinging Around. Although, to be fair, we have not been very active lately, but follow us there nonetheless. And if you've read Lost Girls, write in and give us your thoughts. And if you haven't, it's definitely worth a read. I recommend for any sex positive individuals out there looking for something that challenges them, challenges you in terms of how do you feel about various things? Like how do you come away from, from Mm -hmm. challenging art and art that really make, can make you feel uncomfortable, but turned on at the same time. And see, that's the thing for me. There was, although there was challenging art, there was more that most of it was not challenging for me. So I found more sexy than not. I would like, if if you haven't read it, check it out. Find this, find this, download it you can find you can find it there's uh order from amazon write in and let us know after you've done so because we want to hear what other people have thought because this is i've never heard anybody else discuss this this isn't something i mean i've listened to probably ten thousand podcasts talking about comics uh in, in the decade and a half or whatever i've been listening to podcasts i've never heard anybody discuss this it's one of the only works of alan moore that i haven't heard people discuss like it just isn't really discussed and i think because of the nature yeah. of the work so yep. write in and let, let us know what you think. Stay sexy and stay swinging. <laughs> <laughs>